sports. They say numbers never lie, but odds are they do. Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer, and host Andrew Botlinick are about to go against the grain this week as we make our day-to-day picks. All views and opinions expressed in today's show do not reflect KZLX or Northwest Missouri State University. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Everybody get And welcome to Day-to-Day Picks. Andrew Botwinick, Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer here with you for about two more hours. We just started. We're ready to go. We finally figured out who is in the Super Bowl. We got the AFC side and the NFC side figured out, and I feel like it's been over a oh, – it feels like it's been a lot longer than, than like a f- couple days that we've known that the Super Bowl is the Chiefs and the 49ers. Yeah, it's pretty great. Like, I mean, just from an outsider's perspective, I know you guys are really excited about uh, – the Super Bowl, but um, it, you know, and it has felt like a long time. Like, um, just it feels like, especially now with the bye week, we're gonna have. It's gonna feel like even longer. It's gonna feel like a month has passed before the Super Bowl even. And, has and I think there's a little bit of excitement even from. I mean. Uh, non-Chiefs fans or non-49ers fans just because it's kind of refreshing to have a Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl and not, you know, a Patriots. Not a Patriots, Patriots question versus, mark. Yeah, yeah. anybody. <laughs> but, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of refreshing to get, I mean, two two new teams to the Super Bowl. I mean, the 49ers were there just in 2012, but, like, the Chiefs haven't been there in 50 years. So, I mean, it's, it's nice to get that, that new taste in there. And we'll get more into the NFL later on here in the show after this next segment that we're about to get into. But there's plenty of stuff to talk about. We've got plenty. We're going to break down some of the NFC and the, and the AFC games. We're going to talk about some NBA news. We've got Zion Williamson. We've got a player that's been on the outside, and he's trying to make a comeback into the NBA. We'll get more onto who that player is here in a little bit. We've got some college basketball to pick and hopefully get something right. We'll try and see if something sticks there because we'll get more into the top 25 and figure out what the heck is going on in there. And then we'll end out the show on what are the odds. But first, we'll talk about something that happened. And I know Sam and I have been back and forth about this one actually being labeled as what it is. But the Conor McGregor fight happened last week. And for that reason, we start the show out with lists. We're going to go with our top five anticlimactic moments in sports. And I know Sam and I have been beefing all week about the actual definition of it. Like, I don't think you can throw in the Conor McGregor Cowboy fight into the anticlimactic sports moments because I watched the fight. Uh, you know, one of my buddies bought the fight, and, you know, I watched it with some friends, and that 40 seconds was some of the most electric 40 seconds in sports I've seen, you know, this past year and now into 2020. You know, just knowing that Conor McGregor is back, you know, it's it's pretty uh, exciting for me who kind of, who who is a Conor McGregor fan less than a UFC fan. And, and I'll preface with Sam you and for the record you did not buy the pay-per-view match. You you just showed up and watched it, right? Yeah, I I personally did not. For and and the way I'm going at it is if you spend the money to watch all of the fight, the whole length of it and you get about 40 seconds of it, Brady, and you you'll be essentially the middleman. I'm throwing <laughs> you in here as the middleman for this one. Is it kind of ju- you're just kind of like sitting there like, well, I just wasted this much money for 40 seconds of a fight. That's yeah. almost $10 a, uh, for every 10 seconds, were, a dollar a second almost. Is there, it a $40, $50 fight? There were some good prelims, though. I mean, it was a $65 fight. Well, the so. prelims were free. 
The free- you could watch the, the prelims for free on ESPN. Okay. You could do that. And then that's why I have it as my anticlimactic, just because there was so much hype. People have been waiting for six, eight months because that's how long it, it they take for UFC MMA fights, that type of stuff. But just for the 40 seconds that it was, I'm, and I, I'll spoiler alert, I don't have that fight on my list of top no. five because <laughs> it shouldn't be on the top five. But there's plenty of other stuff. And we'll go ahead and we'll start. Sam, what is your number five most anticlimactic moments in sports history? Number five, I have the 2004 World Series. Just because, you know, the Red Sox coming off the 3-0 reverse sweep. You know, they're coming against the Cardinals. Everyone's like, okay, this is going to be a great series. You know, the Red Sox are hot. The Cardinals have a good squad, you know, with Pujols. And then the Red Sox just run over them. 4-0 sweep. And it's great for Boston. They got their first World Series since 1912. But... You know, the, a hyped-up World Series kind of fell flat. And for my number five, I'm going to kind of go into the boxing world, and I'm going to go back to 2015 uh, in the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. And the reason that's on my, my top five most anticlimactic uh, moments is because you really, like, there's a lot of questions even after the fight. I mean, a lot of people thought everybody's question of who was going to win and every everything was going to get answered in that fight. And then we leave the fight with just the same questions. I mean, everybody disagreed with the um, with the judges and, and everything. So that's why it's in my top five. I, I, I agree with that one. For me at number five, I have all of something that happened back in 2007, Tebow mania. Mm-hmm. Everybody doing the, the little challenges of the, the Tebowing, dropping down to a knee, praying, and, and doing all that stuff. Tim Tebow being the high selection that he was. And then he went into the NFL and had one good game that everybody remembers because it was a playoff game in overtime, and Demarius Thomas was still Demarius Thomas just before everybody knew he was Demarius Thomas. That's why I have him in my number five spot, just a little bit of just not what everybody expected. Sam, who do we have at number four? Uh, at number four, I have the Super Bowl thirty-five Ravens versus Giants. This game, you know, it was just domination from the start by the Ravens' defense. I mean, led by Ray Lewis, you know, Ed Reed, all them, and, you know, the Giants, I mean, they didn't really have a very convincing squad. I don't remember their quarterback uh but i know it wasn't really a, like a high profile name it wasn't eli manning at the time um and i know just the ravens stomped them from the very get-go so super bowl 35 is my number four and my number four i'm staying in football i'm gonna go just last year with super bowl 53 and, okay, okay. and you look at the, the the regular season at least you had it was the rams and patriots in the super bowl and coming at it from a chief's perspective you had great games when when the Chiefs played the Patriots and when the Chiefs played the Rams so you'd think you'd get like kind of the same thing with that Rams Patriots the same style of game and it was the polar opposite I mean it was the Patriots defense just stifling Sean McVay and that Rams high-powered offense and and I think that kind of led to it just being like a you know a man Super Bowl to watch you you know that's that's my number four for me at number four, I know this isn't the right take with the occasional left turn, but I'm going to have a little bit of a NASCAR reference here. Okay. Danica Patrick making the switch to NASCAR. One of the most anticlimactic things that has happened in NASCAR. You finally get a female going and racing, which is great for the sport. It's great for publicity. She only gets one win, and no one has since ever made the switch back to NASCAR. It's, it's probably, I would say it's probably the easiest sport to be able to have 50-50 splits in because... There's really not much of an advantage at all. Did she get a NASCAR win? She did have one. Okay. She had one single I, win. I knew she had a, like a race in Japan before she moved, like an IndyCar, like before she moved into IndyCar, she had like a race before her, she, her career took off. I mm-hmm. know. 
I know she had one win there and that didn't really do anything in IndyCar. It was always like the second place. Well, she had a bunch of, of wins in, in other leagues and stuff, but in NASCAR she only had one win mm-hmm. and, and then kind of just fell off. She was never really a serious contender, and that's kind of what everybody had hyped her up to be. So that's why I have her at my number four. And now we're getting into our top threes now. So, Sam, who do we have at number three? Top three for me is the 2018 NBA Finals. I mean, you know – you knew that, I mean, coming into it, the Warriors were probably going to dominate, but you still had an inkling in the back of your mind, like, it is LeBron. He's taken worse teams to championships, and, you know, he's won. And, you know, and 2018 was just utter dominance by the Warriors and Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and it wasn't a fun finals to watch at all. It yeah. was not. After that uh, J.R. Smith blunder at the end of Game 1, that was kind of... All the memes that came out of that. Like, yep. That was probably the best part of the 2018 yeah, that was, finals. Yeah, that was the most exciting part for sure. Uh, my number three, I'm, I'm actually going to go, instead of being in a game, I'm going to go with the whole season. And I'm going to say it's a 2019 Cleveland Browns season. Ooh, okay. I okay. mean, they, they came into the season as, you know, Super Bowl picks for a lot of people. More people had them as AFC champions. And, I mean, pretty much I would say 80% of people had them in the playoffs. And, uh they end up with six wins. You get you get guys like Odell. You have Baker Mayfield came, coming in the season as a dark horse MVP, and things just didn't pan out. In week two, you beat the Ravens, I'm pretty sure, right. by a good amount, yeah, too. Man. Yeah. That's just kind of how it goes in Cleveland, though. Yeah. yeah. It's sad. Mediocre seasons. Cases of beers get opened at the, the bars that they had there, finally. My number three, I'm sticking kind of similar to what Sam had athlete-wise. It's involving LeBron James. The decision to move LeBron to Miami that first season specifically. Okay. Not the entirety of the decision. I saw that look on your face. Not the entirety of the look. I like the the switch to Miami, but that first season, it was bust. It was winner bust, title or bust, and then they lose yeah. to the Mavericks well, because you know they they had they had the you know preseason thing that not one, not two, not three. They didn't even get one the first year. And, and that's and that's why I have them just that first season, just because they didn't win the title. It was kind of just you bring in all those players. It was kind of the start of the super teams that we're seeing now to an extent where where it's media base. Everybody is watching those players and they're saying, well they're teaming up. They're wanting to get together to do this and this. And then they don't win the title and get beat by a 34 year old Dirk Nowitzki or however old he was whenever they played. I think he was in his early 30s probably at that point. Prime. But yeah, he was still in his prime as you could tell. Yeah. Won that finals MVP. Sam, number two, who do we got? Number two for me is also in 2011, but I'm going to the college basketball world, the 2011 National Championship between Butler and UConn. Um, it was a low-scoring game, very anticlimactic. You know, I loved Butler, their run before, you know, almost beating Duke on that half-court shot. We thought, okay, they're back. They're going to win it or they're going to make it a close game again. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, a blowout by any means, but like it was always like 7 to 10 points. Like, it was never really that close. And UConn with Kemba Walker, you know, t- took away what everyone wanted Butler to win the national championship. I would uh, say almost everyone with an asterisk because, as a UConn fan, I wanted him to win. <laughs> okay, well, everyone besides everyone aside Andrew, from me, because <laughs> I know I wanted Butler to win. Yeah. Um, at my number two, it's it's kind of more of a I'm coming from a regional perspective, I guess. I just want to be a little different here. Um, the Michael Porter Jr. era at Mizzou. That and, was yeah, extremely. It, it was oh, extremely yeah. anticlimactic because I mean, you come in, maybe not nobody's expecting a national championship out of him or anything but I mean people are expecting him the number one recruit to come in and change your program immensely 
and he comes in, plays two minutes, and he's out for basically the year besides a few games at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But, when I mean, he, he did some good things for Mizzou. I mean, he brought more recruits in. They still made the tournament that year even without him, but still just not up to what they were expecting that season until yeah. he got hurt. That's a good one. I didn't even think about putting that one in there. The thing that I like the most about this is that so far we have not had one that has intertwined because I know last week's we had tons. We, we had a lot. Yeah. We had to make up honorable mentions on the spot. But for me, number two, I'm going similar to what I had with number three. This one has happened twice, but I'm specifically looking at the first time. Dwight Howard to L.A. <laughs> whenever they, whenever him, Kobe, Steve Nash decided they were also going to compete with Miami and the Super Teams, they formed their own Super Team out of the Lakers and. It was not as well as they thought. I'm pretty sure they even almost missed the playoffs. They didn't play they, well at all. Yeah, they didn't. I, they were close to missing the playoffs if they even made it at all. Steve Nash, you know, coming from the Suns, everyone thought, okay, one of the best point guards ever. You know, he's gonna change that team, especially along with Kobe. The the type of shots that Steve Nash can get, that he 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 kind of showed that he was kind of not necessarily washed up. Don't want to, but like he was past his prime. And that run was kind of the end of, you know, Dwight Howard dominating at the center position in the NBA. As soon as, yeah, as soon as he left the Magic, he just kind of went downhill, and his time in L.A. was not fun. He didn't like being mm-hmm. didn't like being teammates with Kobe because I, I guess Kobe pushed him too hard or something. Yeah. I don't know, but Kobe Sam. Did, Kobe demands excellence, and he couldn't deliver. Number one for number me. Number one. I have to take it to Super Bowl forty seven between the Seahawks and Broncos. Uh, I just thought, you know, it was a hyped-up Super Bowl. Peyton Manning, you know, Russell Wilson, uh, these two teams, that, you know, really good defense out of the Seahawks, L.O.B. And, um, you know, from the very first snap, uh, it was utter domination by the Seahawks. I was happy to see it because I wanted them to win. But by halftime, I was like, okay, let's change the channel. Uh, my number one, I kind of had a, a last-minute change of heart here. Um, I'm actually going to move my Mayweather-Pacquiao fight from number five all the way to one. Big jump in the rankings. Big jump in the Brady Archer power rankings. And for my number five, then, I'm going to actually put the McGregor-Cowboy fight from last weekend. And I know know Sam didn't agree with that because he didn't pay the money for the fight. (laughs) Just because he didn't pay the money (laughs) for the fight. (laughs) But I, I am. I mean... That that fight was so hyped up. Maybe not as much as the Mayweather Pacquiao fight was. Like I I I moved it for that reason. But mm-hmm. Mayweather Pacquiao, like everyone wanted to see that for years. Oh yeah, and uh, but th- this one, I, I just think, you know, a forty second fight for what's what was hyped up for a, a long time. Not not quite as long as the Mayweather Pacquiao, like we just said, but it it was still hyped up for a long time, and it just didn't really pan out like everybody thought. Some of the other honorable mentions that I had, I'll get into my number one. I Brett Favre's retirement the multiple ones that he had because that was the thing um the eagles and their dream team when they got Uh-oh. i believe it was vince young and they got uh namdi yeah. from the raiders they said they were going to win the championship for the, the next like two or three years the eagles had vince young i think so yeah i'm pretty sure they picked him up like his last year oh. i remember them getting 2011 they just got vince young as a backup they said they had the dream team mm-hmm. They got Namdi Asamoa, Dominic Rogers, Cromartie, uh, Jason Babin, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, Mike Vick, LaShawn McCoy, Asante Samuel. Some good players, but didn't my number one though, as anticlimactic as this list is, it was just said by Sam, the 2014 Super Bowl Broncos Seahawks. 
bad game to watch, yeah, not fun to watch. Fun. Not fun. I think the only investment that I had in the second half was how much coins I was going to get on Madden Ultimate Team <laughs> if they ran that kick back. The kick was ran back. So I was I was living pretty good after that Super Bowl. And also, you like to see the Super Bowl commercials, really. That's the only reason that yeah. I kind of kept tuning in. The occasional halftime show. Oh, yeah, the halftime show. Command Center, this is Alpha Team. Do you copy? This is Alpha Team. I repeat, Command Center, do you copy? There's a lot of hot, 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 hot takes out here, but I don't see anything worth... Oh, my God, there it is. It's all about... What are the odds? But that's kind of on the back burner because the Pro Bowl, they're introducing something new this year, and I want to get your guys' opinion on it before I I give mine. I already kind of gave mine during the break, but they're introducing a new onside kick-type method. It looks like after the team scores, they have the opportunity. I think they have the opportunity to do an onside kick Uh. or – this option or is it just I this i think they have the op- like instead of instead of doing an onside kick yeah, yeah i think this I is just think, a replacement yeah it's a replacement for an onside kick they have a fourth and 15 from their own 25 yeah and, and at that point i'm not i don't know how this is going to work i know i'm still confused on it even after reading it i don't would you get the ball yeah, yeah. from so where it would be on your own on it, your own 25 would, you'd be so put at the, at least the 40 yeah cent. well so you get it. You the fourth and fifteen is at the twenty-five, and then I assume like wherever. Say you get the fourth and fifteen. Say you get down to the fifty-yard line, and then you get the ball at the fifty. At the just, fifty, okay. So, so essentially, like the fourth, fourth down. and fifteen is a start it's just of your a drive. fourth and fifteen is your fourth down play. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so it's just a start of a new drive, basically. Like just say you're on a drive with a fourth down, get a first down. That's a new set of downs. It's just the same thing. And <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm processing everything on my end because I, for one, do not like this at all. Not a fan of this alternative to the I, – I like that they're trying to do something else than an onside kick at the Pro Bowl. But for starters, you shouldn't be doing it at the Pro Bowl. I know it's it's a good time to introduce new stuff, but do it in the preseason when you've got other players to do that. But you have the best at the positions at every single position, and you're trying to implement something new that none of these guys have ever done before – People are going to be confused. Everybody's going to be watching this game from the Pro Bowl perspective. There will be a lot of people that will be watching it just because it's the best of the best in NFL football. They're going to be watching this game. If it goes downhill, you're looking at ESPN the next day, looking at the debacle that is the onside kick replacement at the Pro Bowl. Whereas if you do it in the preseason, you get a couple headlines, you get some guys that that go out and and maybe get the job done, some second-string, third-string guys, just to see the conversion rates potentially of it. I like that a lot better than putting the best in the NFL to go to the Pro Bowl and say, hey, we're going to give you a fourth and 15 at your own 25. If you don't get it, the other team's already in field goal position. If you do get it, you're going to be at about the 50-yard line anyway. Yeah, and also – I think the Pro Bowl also is not a very good place to do it because no one really tries in the Pro Bowl. I mean, you see, like, tackles aren't really tackles. They just kind of wrap people up and, you know, wait till the ref blows the whistle and, you know, wait till forward momentum is stopped. And so, you know, the Pro Bowl is probably not the best place to put it. You're, I like what you're doing with it, the preseason, you know, get some guys who normally don't play, maybe – 
maybe that'll be a big story of the preseason. Like, oh, this guy got the fourth and fifteen, and you know, maybe he'll get signed because of this. Like that that sounds like a good story that come out of it. And this is just like, okay, it happened at the Pro Bowl. No one converted it because no one really cares about the Pro Bowl. No one really tries in the game. And and I know this uh, this new the onside kick rule came about at the beginning of last offseason when the Broncos brought it to the NFL and they tried to um, get it in effect for the season. I thought it was I thought it was gone. I didn't think it was ever going to happen. Didn't think we'd ever hear about it again. And I'm actually on the flip side of this. I think the Pro Bowl is the perfect place to do this. I mean, if you think about it if in the preseason, from the player's perspective, from the team's perspective, in the preseason you're trying to get your players tuned up for the regular season. You know, you want them playing the football that they're going to be playing that regular season and in the pro bowl i mean they've they've had trouble lately i mean having having people pay attention to the pro bowl in the past few years anyway so i think the pro bowl is a good spot you know there will be more viewers more more people to pay attention to it more reason to pay attention to it so so i think the pro bowl is a, the perfect place to do it and it's kind of an effort to make the pro bowl important again i and i get that from a standpoint but at the same time too <laughs> if you're going to implement something, just put it in at the start of the next season rather than say, here's one random game where we're going to have a 4th and 15 implemented as an onside kick. I, I I guess that that would be an all right time because you make a good point with the preseason stuff because you want to get those players to play NFL football, not one or two different rule changes. But if you're the NFL, why do you even try and, and throw this into the Pro Bowl just to see if people like it? Otherwise, then you get the same situation that happened with the Sky Cam a year or two ago where after a quarter of play, people hate it, and they're like, okay, get it out. Nobody yeah. likes it. Take it out. And I think another reason that the Pro Bowl is a good spot for it is because it's it kind of has some connections. The rule the rule was put in place because it's, I mean, it's a player safety thing. Onside kicks can be... I mean, you have, you have players running right at each other. Um, so it's, it's a player safety thing. And the Pro Bowl, they, over the past, I'd say, 10 years, they've been making it into a safety game. I mean, they flag football with pads on. But so I think that, you know, it's a perfect spot for it for that reason, too. I mean, you have a, a safer alternative to the onside kick, whether, I mean, whether it'll be go well or not, along with the safest game in, of the season. We'll flip now to a different NFL topic here. We got the big three in terms of quarterbacks. Eli Manning has announced his retirement. Tom Brady says he is open to leaving New England this offseason. And Phillip Rivers reportedly is permanently moved out of San Diego and is now living with his family in Florida. So obviously we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll skip past Eli Manning for now. We'll get more into him in just a second. Tom Brady saying he's open to leaving New England. Where are potential landing spots, or is that saying that he's open to retirement possibly? I know he's he's up there in age. He's getting to where kind of where most players would retire. Is he going to retire this offseason, or will he be going somewhere else? I don't think he's going to retire. I think, I mean, obviously New England's probably the number one in to get him in the free agency, but some places where, you know, you could see him, he's not going to choose a team that's uh, – not good. He's gonna choose. He's gonna try to choose a contender, and there's not many of those out there that don't have quarterbacks. And so, I mean, one possible contender that you could see maybe Tom Brady go to. I don't think he will because this team isn't gonna go away from their quarterback right now. Is Chicago? Um, I think. I mean, that'd probably be the number one spot because 
um, of a team who has the talent of a contender who doesn't have a very good quarterback. Chicago, I don't think they're going to move on from Mitch Trubisky, but if Tom Brady were on that team, I think uh, especially you know with the things he could do with Tariq Cohen and also Allen Robinson, I think uh, he could possibly get the Bears in a situation of getting into the playoffs and not necessarily Super Bowl, but contending for the NFC Championship. And But other than that, I mean, you could say Tampa Bay maybe because they have a good receiving core, but who knows. And I believe I read the other day that Tom Brady actually listed his number one spot besides New England was L.A. was the Chargers. So, I mean, we'll and that that came out after I read the Philip Rivers moving to Florida. And we'll see what to make of the Philip Rivers, see if he comes back. But Tom Brady, I think, I mean, the Chargers would be a great spot for him. I mean, he's I feel like he's a good quarterback for that system where they they have players who will make the plays. He just has to distribute the ball. And and I so I think that's the ideal spot for him. But him saying that he's open to leaving New England, I kind of it's one of those things where he he left it really vague, where he just said he's open to it. So you don't know if he's like what the chances are of him actually leaving, or if he's just saying that he would do it. You know, and and Tom Brady having the Chargers as his number one landing spot ties in perfectly with what we were saying earlier about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. The Chargers have a similar setup: Melvin Gordon. Uh, Austin Eckler at running back. You've got a two-dual running running back system. You have Keenan Allen at your wide receiver spot. Not a whole lot after that. There's still some quality receivers, but yeah. that's your big-name guy. Yeah. And then your defense is getting better. Your defense is getting more bolstered up. You've got Joey Bosa. You've got Derwin, uh, Derwin James on that side. You've got uh, some big-name players starting to come out of the woodworks for this Chargers team. Tom Brady would come slide right in and essentially play the same role he's played in New England. The only downside is that instead of playing Patrick Mahomes one time, he's going to have to play him twice a year. And uh, the other downside is he no longer has Bill Belichick. Exactly. And uh, so so we'll really see how – we would really see how the – I mean, who was the anchor of that ship in New England. And we're going out to the second part of that one. Phillip Rivers permanently moved out of San Diego and is now in his with his family in Florida – potentially for for a while what, what i'm we're, this is just kind of us looking for speculation i think he's either going to retire or obviously leave to a different team i think his contract's over so he's a free agent at this point too there's not a whole lot of teams that would be looking for a quarterback that philip rivers could fit i think and that's the big thing a lot of teams will take tom brady not a lot of teams will take philip rivers big name teams that i can think of be the reason why he's moving to Florida maybe Jacksonville they trying to jump Nick Foles in his contract Minshew mania only gets you so far during the regular season when you're not winning games why not bring in Phillip Rivers Phillip Rivers kind of fits with what they're doing they have a great defense they really haven't had a great quarterback play in a while they've had a decent name quarterback Nick Foles is not a bad quarterback it's just he didn't really get a lot of time to shine because by the time he came in they were already out of playoff contention they just wanted to get some wins on the docket I think Phillip Rivers could fit well with this Jacksonville Jaguars team. And uh, maybe, um, I mean, we don't, they don't really have many weapons in the passing game. Maybe their only weapon is Leonard Fournette. They have an, uh, they have an okay defense. DJ Chark. D- okay, DJ Chark, rookie, played well. Forgot about him. But other than that, not much. I mean, I guess Mar- Marquise Lee. Uh, um, uh, D.D. D.D. Westbrook. Some lesser-known 
uh, wide receivers. I think another Florida team that he could look at is possibly the Buccaneers. Uh, if they look to go past Jameis Winston, pick up Phillip Rivers, Bruce Arians, the quarterback guru. You know, they have Mike Evans and also – I always get the San Francisco one, and this one mixed up. Is it Goodwin? It's Goodwin that's in San Francisco. Godwin is in Tampa Bay. It's Chris Godwin, right? Mm -hmm. Chris Godwin. That's those are two of the probably best wide receivers in the league, and you know uh, they're a really good receiving core. Um, So I think Philip Rivers probably could shine a little more in uh, Tampa Bay. Maybe could even get them to the playoffs because Jameis Winston almost. I mean, he he won. with that uh, team, and you know, uh, in the words of Bruce Arians, if we can win with Jameis Winston, we can win with anyone. So I think they went eight and eight too. So having yeah. Philip Rivers would probably bring a little bit of a boost to that team. And then outside of those, outside of those two teams, I'm I really don't think anybody would bite on Philip Rivers. Yeah, I mean, Philip Rivers is one of those guys where he's not quite in that Tom Brady conversation, and last year wasn't his best year. So I mean. I really don't see him a team fitting with him really more than him fitting with a team, and I don't. So I don't think that he'll go to a team in Florida or anywhere else. I think if he if he plays next year, it's for the Chargers. But a team, a different team that I could see him on is one that Sam said it's the Bucks. Um, I think him and Phil, him Philip Rivers and Jameis Winston are a lot alike at quarterback. I mean. Philip Rivers really is just, I think, a little bit better version of Jameis Winston. I, and he wasn't really this past year, but um, I, I think that that's really the only spot that I could see him. Just because, you know, you have Bruce Arians, you have you have weapons around him. Maybe draft a running back and get Philip Rivers. But I mean, besides that, I think he's either going to be in Los Angeles come season, or he's going to retire. Hmm. And that'll bring us to the last one that I had. And I said we'd get back to it. Just right off the top, any any type of knowledge you have about this, go ahead and drop it here. Eli Manning, you get a vote for the Hall of Fame. Is he in or is he out? You know, I up until I saw one stat, uh, he'd say he's in. But I saw something on Twitter today. It said uh, Eli Manning has less seasons of 24 touchdowns and less than 12 picks than Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has more seasons where he's thrown 24 touchdowns or more and less than 12 picks than Eli Manning. And Daniel Jones has only played one year. So already when Daniel Jones in one year has already surpassed Eli Manning uh, in kind of his production, um, you know, the two Super Bowls are really good. I don't believe he's won an MVP I mean, I think he will get in because, I mean... He's got two Super Bowl MVPs. He does have two no Super regular Bowl MVPs. season MVPs. He has two Super Bowl MVPs. I think he will get in, but if it was up to me personally, I would not vote him in. And, and I think that he he will get in, like you said, and I'm, I'm on the flip side. I would put him in. I mean, along with his two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, he's also, you know, may, don't look at his record to get him in because, I mean, he's 117 and 117. But, I mean, he's also top 10 in yards all-time, and I believe also in touchdowns. Maybe. He is seventh all-time in passing yards, seventh all-time in t- passing touchdowns, and I think he is 13th. He is 13th in fourth-quarter comebacks with 27, tied with Phillip Rivers. Number one in that fourth-quarter comeback is his brother Peyton Manning. And not only not only those two or three stats, but also 
the two Super Bowls that he has was against, I think we talked about this the other day, Sam, but against the 18-0 and Patriots, and, well, and the other one was against the Patriots too, both really good Patriots teams. And he made clutch plays in those games that propelled the team to the Super Bowl. That's why he got the MVPs. So I would I would put him in the Hall of Fame. Maybe not first ballot, but I, I'd get him in the Hall of Fame. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Enough said. Top 10 in passing yards, top 10 in passing touchdowns. Yes, he's 12th in all-time career interceptions, but Brett Favre made it to the Hall of Fame. He's number one in, in interceptions career-wise. Fourth quarter comebacks, he's put up some good numbers. He's got two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs. He's done pretty much all you can ask for a quarterback other than be consistent year in, year out. If you told me Jameis Winston would have the same career that Eli Manning would have, first off, I would I would say you're probably not <laughs> you're probably not in the right state of mind, but if I looked at the same numbers and instead of Eli Manning it was Jameis Winston or Mitch Trubisky, they'd probably still get my vote. Doesn't matter on the player, just matters on what numbers they put up. And if you're telling me that out of all of the quarterbacks that the NFL has ever had, if there's a quarterback that's in top 10 passing yards and touchdowns that doesn't make it into the Hall of Fame, that's when the NFL needs to do a little bit of some looking around, figure out what their priorities actually are. 